Hello and welcome to The Art, The Artist and The Business. My name is Jessica Orchik and this is my first podcast like ever. <laughs> uh, I've heard a few in my lifetime. Um, it's not something that I normally do, but over the course of the last six months or so, I've um, started a new online program uh, called Empowering the Artist, where we delve into the art, the artist and the business. And it was kind of through this that I discovered this um, overwhelming interest in podcasts and being able to share thoughts and feelings and views and things, I guess. <laughs> um so yeah, so I want to welcome everybody and I am nervous and excited and it's like a mixed <laughs> bag of things going on. Um, every week I will be having a different guest on and, and talking about various different things with them to do with the art, the artists and the business, specifically with uh, the entertainment business, film, television, acting, dance, you know, creativity in general. Um, and yeah, this is this is just kind of the launch pad for that, which is really, really exciting. I want to start because one of the questions that I will be asking everybody, and it's kind of a little bit of a two-part question, so this is kind of exciting, but um, is if you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, uh, that you could discuss art, artist and the business, who would they be? And then a side note to that <laughs> is if you could add two other people that you could get shit faced with afterwards, <laughs> be? And I know that sounds crazy, but it's like, I look at, I look at creativity sometimes in two different ways. You know, I look at it like there is an element of this professional, inspiring, you know, motivating, empowering, like element to what we do where, you know, you want to be clear headed and you want to, embrace everything that everyone says. And then there's this other part of you that just wants to have fun and explore and, you know, talk, you know, have a drink and talk drizzle with outside. And <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously there's, you know, you don't have to drink to feel creative, but I think it's just that element that, you know, there's just two sides to it. This one where it's a serious side and another side where it's just fun and letting loose and, and really letting go of your inhibitions. And I think that's why I would say getting shit faced and whether or not you're <laughs> intoxicated or not, it's kind of not the point, but who would allow you to come out of your shell and, you know, let that freak flag fly. So myself, uh, the first person that, well, my dinner, so my dinner, my serious empowering dinner, um, number one would be on my list, of course, and anyone that ever knows me would know that she would have to be at number one, which would be Madonna. Um, um, she's almost the reason I became an artist. I remember as a kid watching her and talking about freedom and empowerment. She just represents so much for me about, you know, sexual liberation for women and, and what she's done for their LGBTI community and, you know, just for dance and the arts in general and just the freedom of self-expression and creativity and reinvention and, you know, and, and it doesn't just end with what she does as 
an artist, you know, it goes into her philanthropy. It goes into the way she contributes to many different things. You know, I mean, she's a tough woman. She's a very, very tough business woman, but she's also this crazy, incredible woman that, yeah, I just inspired millions and millions and millions of people for so many years. So I mean, how could you not want to sit at a dinner table with her? (laughs) So she would be number one. Number two, well, I said this last night, but I am a huge, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a producer and a writer. And when I started to find my creative voice, I always looked to the filmmakers that inspired me the most. And one would have to be John Hughes. I mean, I, coming of age... You know, I'm going to say this joke, but I think it's only now at 36 that I feel like I'm just coming of age. Um, You know, I don't know. Everything he says just speaks to me so much and it takes me back to such a time. And, And when I say what he says, I mean, he says in his work, you know, with his storytelling and his characters and, yeah, I mean, I've just been hooked on so many of his movies for so many years and, you know, they never get tiring. They never get boring. I can put them on at any stage and still feel like really motivated, inspired. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to write or I want to do something. And so, yeah, that was, that's been a really, really, really exciting um, part of my creativity process is John Hughes's films. And, you know, this whole idea of coming of age and yeah, I think I make the joke and say that now I'm coming of age, but in all retrospect, there's such a kid in me um, as much. And it's funny, as I've gotten older, I think that kid has really come out a lot more uh, because when I was younger, I was such an adult. You know, I was living in a house with a lot of adults. My, my parents were famous. They were, um, for those of you that don't know me, uh, my parents were really famous actors in Australia. Uh, so much so that, you know, they were married three separate times on and off the screen. They had a a wedding as characters on a television show. They had a wedding off screen for their, you know, audience and fans and everything. And then they had a private wedding with family. And then when I was born, I was photographed on the front cover of um, a magazine, well, several magazines, you know, A Star is Born and, you know, the biggest showbiz baby of the year. And so, you know, (laughs) with that life, came a lot of, um, yeah, I, you know, I love my parents, but definitely they were big kids. They loved to party and, and let loose, let their freak flag fly. <laughs> I guess that goes back to that. And so, you know, for a lot of my childhood, I kind of was the adult with them, you know, so I, would constantly specifically my mom definitely more so than my dad my dad was much harder to talk to he's definitely much harder to talk to um (laughs) to tell anything to let's be real and anyone that knows my father and is listening to this will be like nodding going yeah absolutely that's john but you know my mom my mom and i have this kind of interesting dynamic of a relationship where we're um best friends and we're like sisters and you know, we're like a mother and daughter and we're like a mother and daughter. <laughs> so like, there's just, you just don't know what dynamic you're going to get with us at a time. So that's, that's us. 
Um, but yeah, going back to it in, in, in this house, in this crazy house, there was always parties. There was always late nights. I mean, my mom used to say, I used to get up, my brother and I used to get up and we'd hear loud music and it's like two o'clock in the morning. And we'd both go out and be like, you know, we've got school in the morning. It's a school, like we have to like go to bed. We have to study all this stuff. And my mom would say things like, uh, if you stay up and party with your mother, you don't have to go to bed in the morning. So naturally my brother and I thought that was a very good bargain and we did, but you know, there were times where I was like, no mom, I need to actually go to bed. I need to actually study. So, you know, or if, if she was struggling, I took the reins or I would kind of, you know, I was, I was a big rock and a big support to her and I was an adult. And beyond that, you're in a house with all of these, you know, incredible adults having all of these big conversations. So, you know, I wanted to keep up. It was just something that I fought really hard to do. So I um, legitimately <laughs> would, would um, you know, fight and argue and debate and play all these like adult, like thought provoking mind games on like, like scruples. I don't know if everyone's heard that, which is like, you know, why people do what they do and analyzing people's mindsets. And I'm like, 11 and 12. So this is a very interesting dynamic. So John Hughes, going back to that, was just this kid that was inside of me. And so every time I would watch his movies, I don't know, I just got transformed into such a different place. And I think that's storytelling for me. It's taking me into, I love adventure. I love, I love adventure and I love that coming of age. I love when people find who they are. And, and, and it's funny, I'm going to go back to this point, which it didn't just occur to me till I just said it, but coming of age is, is kind of not exclusive to teens. I don't think it's not, or, or kids it's you come of age when you know who you are and you kind of step into that. That's what coming of age is to me. Oh, and that just got me a little emotional. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I think it is. So his films just really resonate so much of my self-discovery and still, still finding out more. So he would be number two. Um, I'm sorry for the little mini rant there. No, I'm not going to apologize. This is something I tell people so I'm not going to apologize. And I'm, I hope you enjoyed my mini rant. Um, <laughs> but let's go to number three. Oh, and I sat on this last night too. Yeah. And I still agree. It would have to be Brienne Brown. For those of you that don't know her, she's oh, an incredible woman, um, you know, that had this idea of what life was supposed to be like, I guess. And, and on this journey she went on, she discovered this incredible thing called vulnerability. And uh, I just, I love the word. I love the word because it represents so much beauty and depth and rawness and realness and creativity and discovery. And I just think it's a beautiful word, but for some reason it's a word that we're steered away from, you know, quite, quite regularly, which is irony considering, you know, the entertainment business half of your job as an actor, I believe it, or, or even a storyteller in general is to find a sense of understanding of vulnerability. And 
for a lot of actors that I coach, you know, this is one of the hardest things that they ever come across vulnerability, like what that actually means to show up and to be vulnerable and to let people see you and to let people hear you and not feel like you have to win or lose, but just be okay with, you know, having the courage to show up and be there anyway. And it's such a powerful word for so many areas in my life that I've struggled with. I, um, I remember I had a teacher. Um, well, I have a teacher. I'm gonna say I have a teacher. I have a friend. I have a mentor. I have uh, just this wonderful woman that I know. And she, Amy Chafee, if you're listening, she was one of the first people that sat across from me on when I f- moved to LA again for my third time. I think we'll get into those stories as we get through these podcasts. We'll just start this today. There's so many stories. My gosh. Um, but when I first started really getting back into acting and really realizing that this was my passion and film was my passion and arts in general, and definitely acting because for one period of time I'd, I'd quit because I'd had such a rough patch and I just wasn't getting where I wanted to get. And, you know, people just didn't take me seriously and getting opportunities just became a really, really hard thing for me to do. Um, but, yeah, she, she looked at me across the room in a dialect class, in a US dialect class, and I think I was just saying my name. I think it was one of those things where we had to just say our name. And she's like, you know, why, why do you struggle so much to be heard? And to be honest, like that was such a, um, a pivotal point in my life because I never realized how, Oh God, I'm getting emotional again. Um, I never realized how much I really struggled with that. That's probably why I'm doing a podcast, right? Um, I never realized how much I'd struggled to be heard or felt like I was heard or felt like my feelings had validity or that my voice had worth. And, you know, it was through through her, I just, she started to talk to me about how actors need to want, need to want to be seen and heard. And I have been echoing her voice ever since I heard that. And anytime I've taught, I've said the same thing because it is such a powerful message and it is so true. And it doesn't just go for actors. It goes for people in general, you know, it's important that people feel seen and heard so much of what's going on in our world at the moment is the opposite of that. I mean, if you look at Black Lives Matter, I mean, how many years and decades can you go through and not feel seen and not feel heard and, and not want to cry and scream and, you know, so it's, it's, it's no wonder that we've hit this point in society, in our world, where that is an issue that needs to change. 
And, you know, there's many people, many people that feel the same way. There's many different, you know, inequalities in our society. And it's something that I definitely feel really, really passionate about. And it's something that I'm definitely, you know, I want to use my voice and I want to use my voice so that there's somebody else sitting out there that feels like I did or, and, and can relate and can connect. And, and more importantly, I want to use my voice to help other people find theirs because, you know, I realized I have this great power and I didn't know that I had this of being able to really see and hear people just exactly like Amy did at me. And so when I, when I see people and I hear people, I really, I really want to let them know how incredible they are and give them, give them whatever tools that they need or that they're looking for to help them find their voice, to help them find their place, to help them find their space, to stand out in a crowd and be seen and feel really good about who they are and what they represent. And that's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big part of, of who I am. And going back, it's a big part of vulnerability because it's really, really hard to do that. Especially if it's easier to make yourself feel small, as I've done before many times. Or if it's easier to hide from judgment or criticism or people that think they know you and emotional again, (laughs) Um, people that think they know you. And so they pass judgment upon you and they, they tell you all these things about yourself or call you all these names and they don't know you at all. (laughs) So, and they, they really underestimate what you can do or the value that you have. especially to make a change in this world. And so it only took that one person, gosh, she's an incredible person, but she, um, yeah, she really changed me at that point. I mean, I don't think I knew for a while what that really meant. And slowly but surely I'm stepping into this space where that one moment in my life just really changed me. And so I go back to wanting to sit with someone like Brienne Brown, who went through something so similar in her journey to discover this incredible thing called vulnerability and dealing with shame. And, Oh, I don't even want to get started on shame, but I mean, I do, but I don't (laughs) because shame for me. I have carried around so much shame for so many different reasons in my life. Shame that wasn't mine, shame that should never have been mine, Um, shame that was put on me from other people, again, from assuming they knew me and they didn't. Shame about mistakes that I've made, decisions, choices, experiences, you know, and and it's, it's something that I really... I'm learning to let go of. 
And so I, I look at Brienne and every time I hear her speak, she says something that's so powerful or so motivating. And it just kind of takes me to a different place. And to sit at a table with those three people and discuss the very thing that I love most, acting, dancing, singing, filmmaking, writing, storytelling, you name it. Wow. For me, John Hughes, Madonna, Brianne Brown, huge, 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 incredible experience. And then I'd finish up dinner and <laughs> walk next door and I would want to let my freak flag fly. So who would I do this with? And the first person that came to my mind is the one and only Drew Barrymore, who as a child I was so obsessed with because I felt like her and I were these kindred spirits that she didn't even really know about. I'm like, we're both, we both come from these well-famous families and we both, um, <laughs> both done all these messy things as kids and teens and had to re-shift our brains and our minds and, you know, um, Oh, and I just think everything that she's overcome in her life and how she's overcome and the respect she has. And I mean, I just find her such an incredible, incredible human um, to look up to. And I think she's a one hell of an actress as well, to be honest. And I'd love to let my freak flag fly with her. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't, she'd be getting intoxicated. I might, I might have a drink with her, but like, you know, it's, I think just to let loose with her, to get crazy, to stick on some music and dance around the lounge room and talk deep and meaningful conversations to 3am in the morning. I just think she'd have so much insight and wisdom. So, you know, Drew. And my second one, oh, you know, I actually had to think about this because I thought, you know, am I not like it's, it's a hard one, but you know, I think for some, you know what I'd, I, I don't know. This is really interesting. I thought that I was, I thought that I'd have this in the back and I thought I'd be sitting there thinking I could pick two people that I'd do this with, but there's, I mean, there's so many people, you know, dead or alive that you would want to like, just like get crazy with. Um, And I honestly don't know. I I might have to come back to you guys on that. I might actually have to ponder and think my way through this and I will do that. Um, but yeah, like that's, oh, no, I do. Oh my gosh. He just came to me. <laughs> so sorry. I don't even know why, but, um, again, someone who wouldn't, he wouldn't be drinking either <laughs> because he, he's overcome a lot, but I would love to like completely get crazy with, um, and just like talk crap and dance around and be silly and have fun with like with Robert Downey Jr. I just think he's he's so fun you know 
And he was always fun. He was fun. I think you know what it is with Robert Downey Jr. is it takes me back to when I used to watch, again, teen movies, 80s movies. Let's not start something on that because I'll go on for hours. But, you know, I used to watch him like in like do guest appearances, like or guest supporting roles in like Back to School or um, Weird Science. And he always had this fun, youthful, couldn't give a shit kind of energy, which I just, I just loved about it. And I never really knew his struggles. And um, and it's interesting when he did Lesson Zero. Look, see, this is what I'm saying. I'm going to talk about all these movies um, because, I mean, that was a really powerful role and probably something that was really close to him with a lot of different stuff that he's had to overcome in his life. But I don't know. He, to me, just feels like someone, it, it doesn't really matter Um whether or not he'd be sober or not, he'd, he'd, he'd have this freak flag. He'd be willing to let loose and, and talk about so much in, in life, you know? Um, and just be, I think he'd be a shit talker till 3am in the morning. I think he would be. And I think, you know, he'd have all this wisdom and really deep, profound things to say. Um, and that'd be a lot of fun. So, I mean, they're an interesting group of people. I mean, probably, probably not. Um, and, you know, it's quite possible, as I say to people all the time, that's who I say today. And then maybe I would change my mind at another day because that's, um, that's the beauty about life. You can change. Life changes. And your views can change. So I kind of want to leave you this thought after I finish my first podcast. And I am super proud of myself. But I want to leave you this thought about just art in general. You as artists, or if you're not an artist and you're listening and the creative individual inside yourself and and, and business and, and I guess empowerment and just self-discovery because this is exactly the journey that I'm on finding your authentic voice you know all the things I've been talking about today just remember that there is such a a journey of self-discovery and there is no right and there is no wrong there is only opinion and I think somewhere in our lives we've let personally intellectually, emotionally, (laughs) um, creatively, you name it, we've let people dictate to us what is the right way and what is the wrong way. And I know I am definitely somebody that's had that. Um, But there is no right way. And there is no wrong way. It's just a way. It's It's just an avenue. And I think if you can be willing to, taking the words of... Brianne Brown, be, be vulnerable and show up whether you win or lose, whether this is like an epic success of a first episode or an epic fail. And either way, you know, I don't really give a shit because I had fun. I had a lot of fun actually. Um, and yeah, I, I just, just be okay with, wherever you are at any given time. That's what I want to say. Be okay with where you are at any given time. 
and don't feel that you have to change something about yourself for somebody else. And don't, because who you are is always going to be more interesting than anything else. And as soon as I think we start to own that and respect that in one another, um, we could have a very different world. We could have a very different world. So on that note, uh, I am signing out and I want to thank you for letting me be heard. All right, guys, signing out.